Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Leaders Podcast. That game sucked. Okay, that's enough. Anyway, now, we're going to talk about it. We're going to do our best to talk about it. It was a frustrating game, to say the least. I don't want to hear anybody talking about what the defense could have done this, could have done that, if they didn't do Shush. Please hush your mouth. This one's on the offense. And the turnovers. I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. It was a, it was a rough one. <laughs> I mean, this one's for the history books of how bad this game was. And yet the game was there to be won. It felt like a hundred times. Oh, forget it. Actually, we got the ball again. No, we're good. Just go down. No, okay. Gave the ball away. I mean, it was just. Ridiculous. So we are going to walk ourselves through it, walk and talk, and, and just kind of, you know, air out our feelings a little bit. Um, it does appear that um, Rocket Man has come down from space, down back here on Earth with the rest of us peasants. Um, and, you know, is it time to make a change, especially with the two weeks coming? Sounds like Jefferson's going to be good to go. We talked about that last week that there was no point, you know, in starting them one more week. The game was there to be won anyway without them. Um, so we'll talk about that um, and just kind of work our way through that. We're going to save, you know, some of the State of the Union, as my co-host uh, said it perfectly, summed it up perfectly right um, at, before we hit record. So we'll save some, some of that, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, what needs to improve, some rants. I got a, I got a rant stocked up for quite a while now. Um, but we're, we're going to hold off. We're going to hold off. And then, you know, from bad to worse, the Gophers didn't get the job done um, against uh, Bucky. So we'll talk about that as well. There's already uh, a quarterback in the transfer portal. Uh, have a good one. Take it easy. Don't want competition. We'll see you later. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk it through. Obviously, we don't have a game to preview and predict, so we won't be doing that. If this is your first time listening to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope-a-dope, though. You can find this here, Purple People Leaders podcast, talking Vikings football. In a variety of ways, under the Rope Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts. You can download the podcast app, uh, PodBay. We also have um, Living in Loserville Spricker page. Go check that out while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing for direct TV stream. College football's winding down, and what a freaking rivalry week it was. Crazy, crazy games. But also, we just got off of Thanksgiving tournaments. College basketball is back. Catch the action with all our best deals of 2023 and save $64.99. It's big value for big fans. Get the entertainment package and direct TV sports back for only $84.99 a month plus tax and fees for the first three months. You can get that with a 24-month agreement. Either way, choose the DirecTV streaming package. That's right for you. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and bring in 
my co-host. Okay, my co-host Aaron. Well, Aaron, uh, I think we set football back a couple of decades last night. Uh, wasn't pretty, to say the least, my friend. It was not. I mean, you're watching the first half. You're thinking to yourself, do I have to keep watching this? This is not uh, fun to watch. Uh, you know, the turnovers, Chris, were a thing. But it wasn't just the Vikings. The Bears were playing terrible, too. And it was just two terrible teams, it seemed like, going at each other. Now, I don't think the Vikings are a terrible team. Um, and I don't think the Bears are awful. But, man, they just both didn't play well. And it was just back and forth of just futility, the whole thing. And now, you know, a lot of stuff going in the air this uh, day, I guess, since the game. It's Tuesday now. Um, there's, you know, just our myriad of opinions, you know, left field, right field, all over the place, knee-jerk this, knee-jerk that. There's a lot of just so many things going on. And you're right. I think it was a, a bad offensive performance, I think. Um, defensively, you got to win a game. If you don't give up a touchdown, you give up four field goals. I don't really blame anything on the defensive. You know, Dobbs, you know, Dobbs is what he is. We said that last week. We said that the week before. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Um, it appears to be trending down at this point. I mean, Atlanta was pretty amazing. And then you go on and you beat the Saints. And then Denver, you know, a little bit iffy. And now, you know, you kind of hit what appears to be rock bottom with four interceptions. And it's just not good. Um, but, I mean, that's what it is. He came into – to fill a spot with injured reserves and so on. So now everybody kind of gets to come back down to earth, like you said, including him and uh, reevaluate uh, the quarterback situation. And I think that's what they're going to probably do over the bye. I think coach KO is just going to put his hand on his shoulder and his son. I think you should continue your education and uh, help the country. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so when you look at it, Vikings all time losses was when the opponent doesn't have a touchdown, right? Heading into this game, when when we don't allow a touchdown, we were fifty-four and three. Make that fifty-four and four now, dating back to nineteen ninety-two, a great year for me and my friend here. Fifteen to thirteen, the Redskins got us. The, oh, I said it. I said, it. hey, we're older. We're older. What are you gonna do? Washington uh, got us, but oh six was bad. I do remember that. My goodness gracious, November 5th, 2006, Frisco beat us 9-3. to um, And then later that year, Green Bay beat us 9-7. to So, And it had been literally 30 freaking years since the Bears, which is usually all run in all defense. The Bears even haven't even won a game in 30 years without scoring a touchdown. So, it kind of puts it in the place uh, pretty much perfectly. It's one for the ages and uh, and not in a good way. And, you know, I mean, it started pretty early. Started pretty early. You know, they, they, they had a, a decent drive that almost went freaking nine, you know, over nine minutes. Um, they missed the field goal. Got the ball three and out. Then they had a nice drive. Um, and, and got a field goal, three zip, no big deal. And we proceed to throw a pick, throw a pick, punt, and then finally get some sort of traction at the end of the, 
at the end of the quarter to get a field goal, seven plays, 64 yards. We actually were, uh, you know, throwing the ball a little bit better then. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the first pick definitely was on Dobbs. Uh, the second pick, you know, Addison, some people were saying he threw the ball too hard. Sure, he didn't need to jet it in there, but when it hits both your hands, that's Addison. That was on Addison. We can't just pile on everything on Dobbs. Uh, sure, you could do most. That's great. But I really don't think that was the case on that one. Um, but still, I mean, you're sitting here. It, it, it's it's 3-3. Three, three. After the first quarter, the time of possession was 13-21 to 139. I mean, it was it was pretty scary. Um, Jalen Johnson was all over the place. Um, but, you know, to be fair, like beyond those two nice drives, you know, originally that we, they, you know, the Vikings defense did stuff, they really started to kind of really slow it down to the point where, you know, they weren't even having that many drives there. And, and time and time again, um, the defense, you know, would, would, would give us a, a fighting chance. And, um, you know, Powell made some good plays in that first half and in the second half. Um, you know, <laughs> the thing about Dotsie, right, it, it's just like, I remember saying, man, I like the way he looks down the field when he scrambles. But it appears that he's looking too far down the field rather than taking your check down. And just throw the ball. Get the ball and play like the coach said after the game. And it's like, throw it, throw it. Okay, you made a nice juke either. Throw it. Okay, time to take a sack. No, now you're going to throw it. It was just like, I, I. long story short, the book is out on Dobbs and Aaron, you got to pressure him. Once the pressure comes, it's pretty much a wrap. He just doesn't make quick decisions. That's right. I think the book is out. That's well said. I think, you know, he can handle like the cursory pressure, you know, the, you know, a little, little bit on the edge, uh, you know, trying to pin him in, that kind of stuff. But when it gets to be intense pressure, Chris, you know, either up the middle or, uh, the ends are coming down on him uh, pretty hard. Uh, that's where I think he takes his eyes off the field and he starts to look to run, which is, you know, a good instinct if you're a good runner, but at the same time um, you're giving up, you know, your check down at that point, you're basically bailing out looking for runs or looking to get outside and, and throw some miracle on a scramble drill. And, you know, that's not what K- KOC has lined up. I know I heard a lot of people saying, well, you got to adapt your offense for, uh, for Dobbs, um, and I'm sure there's a little bit of that, but also you have to, you know, keep things in continuity with uh, the offensive line, your receivers, your your possible uh, quarterback. If Dobbs goes down, you can't just, you know, flip the entire offense uh, to make it Dobbs friendly. Uh, you can make it a little bit, you know, Dobbs easier, but you can't just take it off of your what you've been doing all season, stuff you built on in camp. Um, and Dobbs is, you know, he's not a Cousins type passer. We all know that. Uh, not as accurate. Uh, not as good as full field, full field reads. That was hard to say. And, That's um, a mouthful. Right. And so, you know, you're going to get what you get with him. Um, it's been somewhat successful up until, you know, last night 
where the pressure got to him. And then he started making a bunch of dumb decisions, Chris, a couple of those screen passes where he just kind of gave the ball away. Um, the velocity on that ball to Addison, you know, you're going to get, you know, uh, passes that are, that are pretty, got some zip on them. And Addison had to catch that one. That's on Addison, I think. Um, and he tried to make up for it. I think he caught what was coming his way. And then he had the knee down on that one thing. It wasn't the greatest Addison game, but, uh, Dobbs, you know, he just you can't expect him to be more than he is, and and at this point, uh, you know, I don't know what you can do if the book is out and he's going to get pressure, and your offensive line can't guarantee clean pockets or anything close to that. Uh, it's going to be difficult going forward with him, and uh, you know, it's the pressure, Chris. I think you know, it's it's one thing to get uh, you know pressure from the ends, like I said, but when it's coming up the middle. And you're trying to run screens, which was so unsuccessful last night. Uh, it was shocking. You know, they were getting blown up. And then you got Jalen Johnson, I think, who's got a beat on Dobbs. And it was just, it was not good at all. It was tough to watch. And I think Dobbs struggled a bit, uh, you know, just confidence-wise. And I think, you know, you saw KOC try to pick him up a little bit. But, man, I'm sure KOC yeah. was just pulling his hair out. It's just, you know. Get the check down, you know, get the, get the quick yards, get the slant. You got a back door here, you know, things going on where he's just missing it and trying to get cute and run around. And that's just not uh, in the offensive philosophy here. You got to take what the defense gives you. Tom Brady made a living off of that sometimes. I mean, the first, before they got Randy and certain coordinators, it was a dink and dump. Go to the tight end, go to the first down marker, um, or keep the game close. I got you. We'll go down there and score either a field goal or a touchdown. And this, we're talking about Tom Brady, the, the guy, right? But for the first couple of years, it was defense and run. And then he developed into this, oh my God, he is the best quarterback in the league. It's not just these comebacks. And, you know, he exploded, but it's just, you got to take what the, the fucking, defense gives you once in a while and there's time and time again where it's a four or six yard pickup just getting the ball out quick um and he just doesn't take it he refuses to take it and then when he throws the ball it's too late anyway um and i heard a lot of people talking about you know like you said adjust the deep or adjust the offense um i mean we have we're running the ball more um I don't know if people want us to run the option or something like that, which doesn't work in the league. Um, but what I do know is the linebackers and the defensive ends are playing him differently now. In order him for him to normally get outside the pocket now, he's got to go negative first and then try to turn the corner because they're not gonna they're not gonna fall for some of the stuff he was doing. And we talked about it two weeks ago, the turning the back stuff. You can't in this, this isn't Virginia Tech in Michael Vick. You cannot get away. This isn't Johnny Menzel. Johnny Menzel didn't open the playbook in Cleveland. He even admitted to shit. You know, it's all tracked on the computer. And in that documentary, he hadn't studied the playbook. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't study the playbook. But I'm saying they the book's out on him. Pressure him and keep him in the pocket. And so if you want him to do all these run plays, if they're cognizant of where the hell he's going to run and how he's going to run his moves, 
I mean, here and there, sure. And not only that, but part of this is play action. And his play action is not good. He he barely sells it. He, he, he basically doesn't sell it well at all. Sometimes, you know, and I'm not saying sometimes it could be the running back, but there's multiple times in the game, almost every game, where he, he's play action to the wrong side. Now, some of that is just getting thrusted into this stuff. But remember, we got to, like, you got to, you got to coach what's on the field and what's right there. You know, it, anything about critical or KOC here and there, sure. Okay, that's fine. But, like, like maybe go to Mullins. Mullins was warming up, and basically the way he explained it is, I had him warming up. I was thinking about going to a, you know, a spark, and then that was the drive that he scored on. So, of course, you're not, not going to take him out after that. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, we, we ran the ball pretty damn good considering. It's just when you turn the ball over this much, it's hard to establish anything. And the problem is earlier in the season, we were still moving the shit out of the ball. We were just fumbling at the worst times, and we saw that the first four weeks we had shit go wrong at the one, four straight weeks. So at least we were still moving the damn ball, though, even if it's time of possession and field, uh, you know, possession. So, but coming out of the, I mean, coming out I mean, of the, well, you know, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Chris, I got to get it right. I hear all these stats, you know, about how much better our offensive line has, has improved and, and, and whatnot, but, you know, even if they are moving the ends and allowing to, you know, keep him inside the pocket, he should be able to step up, but he can't step up because he gets interior pressure. So, you know, I'm not making excuses for him, but, you know, certainly don't turn your back, but you got to, you know, if you're going to get out, you're going to have to, you know, take the negative, like you said. And, you know, I'm more upset about just the dumb things, you know, like the throwing the ball away while you're, you know, vertical or you're parallel to the ground and just, not ball security things like just chucking it on a, on a, you know, a dead screen play where you, you know, just hang on the ball, take a sack, do what you got to do, throw the ball away, do something, throw it in the ground. Don't just fling it out to the defensive tackle and let him scoop it up. You know, it's just, those are the kind of things that are, Basics. that are annoying, you know, and it's like, well, you're going to throw a picture, you know, that happens, especially if you're going to throw out balls. Okay. You almost got picked a couple times on that Dobbsy. So, you know, maybe put some more zip on it or, or find something else. But a lot of just really dumb decisions were made, and uh, the pressure was a, a huge thing. But back to the offensive line, running the football, you know, okay, we're better than we were at weeks one, two, and three. But, you know, have we been 100 PFF yards? Yeah, we're one. not great running we're the ball PFF either. number one running yeah right yeah. and that has something to do with play action if you can't run the ball you can't really run play action so it's, yeah. it's a lot of things coming together in concert but you know it is Dobbs and I'm not trying to let him off the hook because it's a big hook and he's on it you know it's just dumb play stupid play um I don't know if his nerves or what but even in Denver he wasn't having the greatest uh game either you're starting to see the warts come out and you know it makes you think that you could go to Mullins um, does Mullins give you a better chance to win at this point? You probably got to say, yeah, but I mean, that's a, it's just, you know, you got to remember that, you know, you got to keep a steady head on Dobbs, Mullins, uh, Hall, all these guys, they're all backups or, or rookies right. or, or got problems somehow. And you're not going to find what I'd be more interested in, 
is saying is who's going to take care of the football, Chris. That's the most mm. important thing. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good call because you know it, it's right now it's just not, and it's one thing to have the little fumbleruski go through our team, but when the quarterbacks turn the ball over like this, it is rough. But that is a good point, and, and I do think. Um, well, we'll get into that to a second. But well, we're at 24 turnovers, Chris, over what, the course of how many games? 12 were? games. 12 games. I mean, that's two a game. That's ridiculous. It leads the NFL, and it's just it's inexcusable. We kind of got rid of the turnover bug when we started going on a little run here, but, man, is it back. Boy, to pan- pandemic levels, the bug's back. Coming out, though, it's 3-3. We got the ball. We just scored, had a little drive. Okay, something's going to happen. Some positive's going to happen. And, you know, on fourth and seven, you know, damned if he doesn't, damned if he does. Um, the analytics said he shouldn't have went for it, but then another analytics said he should on a different play and whatever. They went for it. They had a play. TJ was open, and the ball was behind him. So he had to get the ball and then try to go. And it was a great tackle, by the way. Um but the, that was a great play. So people that said that was dumb to go for it on fourth and seven there, it, the play worked, dude. He got a man open. The ball wasn't in the right spot. It's, it is what it is. He threw it behind him. Good play, though, by the Bears. Uh, that I can't remember who. It was probably Johnson. Uh, but, you know, he made a good tackle, too. But he couldn't. He tried to get it around, and we're talking, like, a couple inches just short. So that was rough, but. You know, ultimately, you know, it was, oh, well, okay, it's 6-3 to three now. You know, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, okay, no big deal. Um, and then, you know, there was, a, you know, we had a couple of, I mean, we had four first downs off of penalties. But Matson on that next drive had a nice 11-yard run. Um, Addison, another holding call he got. Um, Chandler. Almost made it. You know, almost made a big play. It was a, it was a good uh, tackle. I'll say that it was fourth and three, and like when you see the replay, I rewinded a couple times, and there's a it's a fourth and three, and there's literally a back open, and he just doesn't even look. He tries to force it into a small receiver. Johnson tips it up. Um, you know it was it should have been PBU maybe. But, you know, the tip drill was in full effect. Now, luckily, the only thing that you could really say is our defense didn't create turnovers at the time. But then they go right to a fumble and then another fumble. And that fumble led to a, the first one, led to an eight-play uh, eight drive, 77 yards. He had a couple of good passes. The Addison pass that he threw too far out of bounds was just ridiculous. I, I, it's very rare to see that when a guy's that open and you throw it to a place where it's going to be tough. And I know a lot of people say he could have got his feet down. I mean, we've seen him get his feet down so many times. I just, I think people say, oh, he was nonchalant. Dude, if he could have got his feet down, he would have. That's the way I look at it. I don't think he was nonchalant. And, and if he did lose his, you know, his his placing on the field, it's because he was sprinting and had to turn the opposite. That That's a tough catch. I just – I wouldn't put that on Addison. I don't know. If Cousins threw that ball, that would be on Cousins. And we all know what 
that would be. It would be blamed. Addison won. Addison tried. He caught the ball. He couldn't get it. But no, it, it, some people were blaming him. And just look at the coach. I mean, he was like, "What in the fuck?" However, luckily, we did actually score on that drive. Uh, I think we were. Uh, I think we were like one of six on third down at that time. But TJ caught a nice ball. Just in general, we started to get our shit together a little bit there. And, um, you know, TJ made one of the best catches I've seen him make where he fully extended. And we've mentioned that the fully extensions he's not as good at. That was a great catch um, for that touchdown. And next thing you know, you're like, hey, okay, wait a second. It's 10 to 9. Here we go. You had half the field. I mean, Addison's wide open. You throw it inside, throw it, throw it to the hash, throw it somewhere, you know, where he can adjust and bounce. You know, that's the problem with it is like you have all that room and you throw it in a trajectory that leads him out of bounds. Uh, you know, maybe you're surprised and you're, you know, and he's that open on a double move. Okay, great. But that's your pro, man. Just throw it. All you gotta do is throw it five yards in, inside, in bounds, 10 yards in bounds. Addison will adjust to it. That was the problem with that pass, and it just took one off the board, uh, at least for the moment, like you said. And then, you know, he did have a couple good balls in that drive. You know, it seemed like things were coming back together. And by the what was it, 6-3 at that time? So it, was, it wasn't insurmountable odds at that point uh, when Hawkinson made the grab. Uh, and that was a good catch, good pass, good play, good everything. Uh, just what we needed. It's like, okay, maybe we're going to win this one. Uh, if we can just, you know, get another drive or something like that and, and keep, you know, stacking points. But man, um, you know, it was, it was hard to come by and it's and a multitude of things, you know, that went over, but yeah, good grab by Hawkinson and, and the defense, Chris was like, what do we say? It's like, you didn't give up a touchdown. You, you know, give up four field goals. That's excusable. Um, you got turnovers off of fields. Uh, really great fumble. Uh, you know, Metellus all over the yeah. place causing fumbles. Um, active. Uh, you gave up some things, but it wasn't anything that killed you. Um, and you were, got pressure. Daniil was everywhere. His name was all over the place. Yes. Um, you know, it, it, it just goes to Flores. I don't, you know, people are, there's those say it's Flores' fault. And I don't know why you would say that, but there's all kinds of stuff going on with coaching. We'll get into that later, but. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, you give up 12 points. You feel like you should be able to score 13 on the Chicago Bears. Um, and that's the shocking thing, and that's the disappointing thing, because if you win that game by two points, you know, no one's going to care as long as it's a W. And you just couldn't do it. You couldn't get, you know, 13 points to beat the Bears at home in week, whatever it is, you know, going into a bye. It's just there's so many things here, Chris. Yeah. And, you know, even if you have Mullins, you feel like you can score some points. If you go Hall, you should be able to score more than 13 points. Even if you're running the ball and you're not passing, you should be able to squeak out at least two touchdowns or at least four field goals. To t- I mean, that's the problem here, offensive ineptitude at uh, an egregious level that allowed you to lose to a division rival at home. Uh, it's – it's just one of those shockers in Viking uh, history that we won't forget. We'll be talking about this game for a while. <laughs> yeah, we will. And was it, where, was it like 10 or 11, you know, or 
0-11 or something in the division they were? They hadn't won a game in the division since, like, 2021 or yeah, something. Yeah, they kept saying, Eberflus will win his, you know, first <laughs> division game. I'm like, really? It's been that long? Jeez. <laughs> oh, and, and I'm really glad you brought up the run, just run game in general, right? Because there's times where, well, you know, early in the season when we were on the record pace of backup yards, it was like, at least try to run the ball more. But we have been actually trying more. But this whole PFF, see, PFF only works for what your, your little your people's narratives are, right? And and I'm not saying throw the whole PFF out. And those people studying the tape know more than the vast majority of all of us watching the tape. So that it's it's not that it's not legit at all. But when you tell me that we're the number one run blocking, you don't. I, I'm sorry, dude. It's just not fucking true. And it proved it, right? It proved it, right? Because we literally, we and this is what killed me. We score the touchdown, right? It's ten to nine. We got a lead, right? Finally, we got a lead, and then they fumble, and we have the ball at their forty-three yard line. Okay, we try to run nothing. Then, and this is what proves it's not number one in run blocking, right? Like you said, it has made improvements. And we've documented it, but they had seven guys on the line of scrimmage. They had a tight end just off of it, and they had Addison. So we had nine guys basically on the goddamn line of scrimmage and couldn't pick up a yard, not one fucking yard. So just stop. Like, I like the idea because I was like, hey, let's at least make it third and short or it's a closer field goal. When I saw all those damn, I was like, yep, this is a great idea. I love this. Couldn't pick up a yard off of it. So, uh, my bad, my bad. It was a yard. It, on second and ten, it was a yard. My bad, my bad. So, it was third and nine. Couldn't come, th- you know, the pass was a little short. We lost yardage on it, yada, yada, yada. Um, and some people say it was too conservative, run, run, pass. But, dude, you lined up nine people close to the line of scrimmage. If you can't get four to six yards, you know, I'm sorry. Like, we can't sit there and say we should have ran the ball a lot more then because that's part of it. If you're seeing this, you're not going to keep doing what you can't work. And, like, I'm guilty of it even, like, maybe four or five, six games in the season of saying it after a while because it's like, well, shit, we do lose a lot of yards. So what's working? You know what I mean? Um well, Chris, somebody's always getting beat. That's the problem. Yeah, if somebody's yep. always getting beat. It's either one of the tackles is getting swam on, or you got one of the guards getting pushed back, and or the set. You know, every play that you see a negative loss, and they show the replay, you're like, oh, well, Bradbury got whooped there. Oh, okay, well, that was Ingram. He got turned around. Oh, right. that's you know Reisner. He, you know, one. It's just, or we got two guys on one guy, and it's, you know, I don't know right. if it's coaching on the offensive line. I'm beginning to think it is. And also talent, but I think coaching's a little bit because we're seeing a lot of mistakes. They're just like, why are there two guys on this guy and a stunt over here and and all this and and why is Ingram getting swam and and beat and now Madison's you know two yards in the in the backfield. It's like okay, well, yeah, like you just said and like you know it is. It's like PFF is 
I'm right.com basically. You know, you go there, you pick your narrative, you get PFF, you find the stat, you go to it, and you tell your buddy that you're right because of PFF. This is it. This is it. Right. Yeah. But because if you're going to call us number one uh, running offensive line, it's like, uh, have you been watching these games and pass blocking? Sure, we've improved, but again, someone's getting beat. And it's generally not Derisaw, so at least four other people. Yeah, and that's the key. You got to cover your blind side. And last night we were getting beat, sure, but that's, you're going to, when they zero blitz, we know what happens, right? We've seen it enough, and we've seen some crazy blitzes from Zimmer, too. You're going to get to the quarterback um, if you got a good defensive coordinator. And usually when you zero blitz or almost zero blitz, you're going to get pressure. And that is the key, as we said. But th- there was an error on third and Ted. There's a 36-yard pickup. Murphy thought it was playing that we were playing zone because he was messing with the, the wide receiver a little bit, then went into his area. And old boy just kept running. <laughs> and it was like, hey, that's your guy. That's your guy, dude. And so he made it, uh, uh, an error right there. And that was the longest completion of the game by any side. Now, early in the, you know, the completion that should have counted, and I don't blame, 100% blame K, Coach Kale because of the first play of the game on offense, you're going to challenge right away. That is kind of shaky, but he definitely came down with that ball. Uh, had we have seen it, and that would have been the big, the biggest play. But that that was, uh, you know, I can't fault once again Flores and quote unquote the defense for one dude clearly playing a different. You know, he thought they was in zone, and clearly they weren't because the guy fucking ran right by him, and nobody else covered him. Now maybe they were in a in a different type of zone where he was playing zone, and part of the I don't know the X's no someone fucked up though. That's what I do know. And that was uh, that was a backbreaker there, but the game was on a platter to win. And Sheldon Day is really starting to flash. This guy's making plays. Um, yeah, he's definitely making plays. I wanted to make sure we get that out of there. And you know, it was fifty-two percent blitzing, which is a little low for us. Um, we blitz, blitz, blitz. They started having success, like my co-host said about you know. I think they ran thirteen bubble screens. Um, 14 of the completions, like we said, were, were literally behind the line of scrimmage. And, you know, at some point you have to stop crazy blitzing when they do that so you can contain that. And they did. They ultimately contained that. But 36 to 24 was basically the time of position or possession. Um, and once again, here and there, can you say, oh, I would have rather done this. Sure, but to blame, to say this is back-to-back worst coaching jobs uh, by KOC is just fucking – we had seven turnovers the last two games. Like, come on, dude. One touchdown in two games our defense has given up? Stop, stop doing this. Because we know damn well if this was Cousins behind the helm, nobody would be blaming KOC. So calm down because you were the one that was saying how – elite level he was a couple of uh, and not you Aaron but these media members were the ones saying literally why would you even pay a quarterback top dollar when you could just coach him up look what he did here so you know you can have a bad day coaching or whatever or make a little mistake here and there and and maybe you wanted to see a, a, a 
pass run pass on that last time, you know, second to last time, I guess, technically that we had the ball. Okay. But if you're going to tell me our rushing off offense is that good, then when you have nine guys that should have picked up at least five yards or something like that. But I mean, one touchdown, the last two freaking, Oh my God! It's just wasting this defense right now. I, it, it is saying it is so weird, isn't it? Yeah, it it's is. It's such a weird thing to say that we're wasting a defense when it's usually been the opposite these last few years. Yeah, and what can KOC do? They're turning the ball over at an alarming rate. You know, it's hard to win that way. It puts every extra stress on a defense that's you know got you. You know, they scored twelve points on that defense. Gave up four turnovers offensively, and you give up three points on the turnovers, 12 points total, and you got something to say to Flores? I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're KOC in a meeting. You don't say shit to Flores. Yeah. You know, because he held that fucking game together by himself while your offense was doing God knows what. I don't know what your game plan was. I'm sure there was one, and it wasn't executed, right? And what do you do at KOC? You're going to fire KOC because they didn't execute his game plan? Whatever that was. Uh, and they're going to run the football. You can't run the football. We obviously can't run the football, whether you want to blame Madison for that, Chandler, KOC, whoever you want to blame, the fact remains that our running numbers are terrible. If you put them on average through the season, uh, they're not good. They're not good at all. So don't call us the number one run, you know, run blocking line when you can't get over 100 yards but once for the season. And then fire KOC, Why? Why? You were just praising him, like Chris said, two weeks ago, like where he was, you know, the man behind the curtain with Dobbs and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you you don't need another quarterback and he can just coach him up and all this stuff. And look, man, KOC can't run out there and throw the ball or or run the ball or or try to, you know, hop on a fumble or trip a guy that gets an interception. You know, it's just that's not it's not KOC. So let's forget about that. Let's forget about all this people's heads getting lopped off here. You're not going to fire Flores. You're not going to fire KLC. Uh, you know, Dobbs may sit. Okay, we'll get into that. Um, you, you know, but then you expect you're going to have a wonderful game from Mullins? Yeah, maybe because no one's got the book on him for, with this offense, and you might get Jefferson back and all this stuff. But, man, it's just the knee-jerk stuff of not only the fans, but the media here. It's just That's easy to believe there's not – any accountability for things that you say, you know, and there used to be you said something, you stuck to it, you got called out on it, whatever. That's not even it anymore. It's just opening your mouth and letting it flap and creating content. And and, and it's just not it. We try to be have a little accountability to things we say. If we say something stupid, the next week we'll come back and say, I was dumb. I, I, was I was stupid. Yeah, I was, I was wrong. Stupid. I don't know. I can't believe I said that. I'm going to edit sure. the tweet, that's for sure. But, yeah, I mean, we're talking about <laughs> I mean, what's annoying me is that, well, you really miss Cousins now, don't you? And I was like, okay. First of all, you know. He's not on the roster right He's not even here. So it's pretty irrelevant at the moment, you know. And uh, <laughs> No shit. You know? Don't and the first really. week, those guys, where were those guys when Dobbs was lighting the world on fire for two weeks? You know, they, they were, oh, you know, Cousins, you know, they're just waiting for impending doom. And it's like, I, I just, there's a lot of stuff going on in this whole, I mean, we could, we're going to get to the a bye week next week and talk about, you know, future, blah, blah, all that stuff. There's a, just everything swirling in this big bowl of, of Viking, you know, futility and success. And is it good to make the playoffs? Is it bad? All this stuff, you know. And I just feel like at this point, you're just trying to find a guy who can win you a game 
uh, here and there. And if that's a different guy every week, Hall, Dobbs, our boy Mullins, whatever it is, it gives you the best chance to win. Get out there and play him. Like, should Dobbs sit, in my opinion? You know, at this point, yeah. I think you go to Mullins. And I think you, you at least give him a couple games. Uh, and if you think Dobbs can make – but then again, if you think you ride with Dobbs, Chris, and he's got a little more juice to him, you know, it's a tough decision. I, I know you have an opinion on it. I'm just trying to figure out what mine is here. If you're going to put my feet to the fire, I'm, you know, I guess I would sit Dobbs for a week and let him just kind of relax a little bit. It's been a roller coaster ride for him media wise and all that stuff and a lot of expectations True. and hopes put on him and maybe yeah. just put him on a cooler for a week and, and, and let him watch somebody else do it and, Hopefully that's someone else's Mullins and and uh, and see what you get. It's the Raiders. It's an AFC game. Um, and at this point, you're 500. Uh, you're going in out of your bye. You're going to do a little self-scout, I suppose. But, um, you know, at least you have a time to take a good hard look and see what you want to do for the last five weeks of the season. Yeah. Just try not to turn the ball over three to four times. Just one. Just one. We'll give you one. We'll spot you one. And then contain that because there is that crazy stat when they win the turnover differential, it's like 16 and 0 or something like that with uh, under the worst coach, you know, Coach Ko. But um, I think it was the last four losses we've lost by 11 points, even though the turnover differential was crazy. So once again, we're fucking right there. We're not great. We're not horrible. We're very, we're a very good team. We're not great though. We're definitely not Super Bowl contenders. Okay, so you guys just get that out of your mind. Uh, but we're not as garbage as people think we are at, at times, or maybe early in the the season or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would go with Mullins for sure. It's not even a question. And then you know what? There's five games left. Two or three, if nothing's really changed, especially with JJ back. I take a look at Hall again. You know, I'm not I'm not saying we should never go back to Hall ever again. Um because you know, a, an extra game or two of getting some tape on him, we're not going to go to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind that, but I I would if you're trying to win games is what, you know, competitive rebuild, Mullins. I'd definitely go with Mullins, especially with JJ back. Um he is definitely more of a passer than a mover, but that's okay. Um, so I would definitely go with Mullins and yeah, maybe the last game or two, that shit's not working. Okay. Let's, let's take a look at Hall just, just for the future. You, you have the competitive rebuild. The rebuilding part is if shit ain't going well with Mullins, we've now looked at the journeyman, two journeymen, and now we got a rookie. Let's take another look at the rook, see what he's got. I, I think that would be a, that'd be just fine with me. And we are going to, like, like you were saying, we are going to, we are going to, hold off on the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the rants and all that, where we're going to, we kind of already kind of got some rants out. Um, so we will kind of, instead of recap, because we won't have anything to recap, we will definitely, um, you know, go through the state of the union, well put by my co-host. On to the gophers, sir. Well, they didn't get it done. They did not get it done. Um, but because of our academy academic score we did qualify for a bowl and i don't get the bowls are so watered down anyway i don't care what anybody says 
give me those 14 or whatever the fuck, 15. Someone corrected me. It was actually 15 practices. Thank you. I did get a message of that. I forgot about that. Give me the practices with the young team. I'll take it. I could care less because there's really not a huge difference between six and six and five and five. You could make an argument that it, it should be eight wins and, and up uh, for bowl games. So I'll take that all day long. But, yeah, we didn't get the job done. We hadn't beaten them, the, the, the Badgers three years in a row in a long time. That was kind of a, a tough ask, but the game was there to be had in, in whether it's, you know, the quarterback, the wide receiver, the blah, blah, blah. We just didn't get the job done. And, you know, after the game, P.J. Fleck, you know, gave a compliment to their quarterback, saying he's a, a Big Ten playmaker. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to in any any the Greek uh, the Greek rifle. Um, he said he was inconsistent. He said it straight up, and that that's not any that's not any. He didn't sit there and rant on the kid or nothing like that. And but he talked about it publicly. You know, he said, "I love the kid, but he's going to have to get better. He's got to be more consistent. Saw some good out of him. Saw some bad. Got to tighten up." Um, and now the sources say that he wouldn't guarantee anyone in the QB room. A guaranteed spot. You're going to compete. And what that competition is, and this is like music to my ears, because at least Fleck is realizing it and doing it rather than being super stubborn. He's realizing, okay, I need a guy who's played a lot of football right now. And so he's actually offered <laughs> someone already. Um, and, and it's supposedly he's got other feelers out just in case. And uh, the next, the very next day, like, the report came out earlier today that we've already offered a quarterback, and boom, Ethan said, I'm in the portal. So he's gone. Isn't that something? That's, you know, they must have had that, you know, come to Jesus, end of the season, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, state of the union for them or whatever it is for them. Are they, what, exit interviews? Is that it? Exit interviews, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's and I said, and I said, look, you know, Ethan, uh, here's the deal. We're going to bring in some competition, and uh, you're welcome to stay around and compete, blah, blah, and all that stuff. Now, you know. Then he got hit with wind, and the door already slammed. <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 where are you going? <laughs> you want to make up your mind for yourself? The door's right there. And, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, sophomore inconsistent's a good word for it, uh, but just didn't really have the spark. And I think Fleck is trying to move to a more passing offense here, and it just didn't – Ethan wasn't the guy. Um, he knows he probably has to with the way the conference is going. And, you know, so he's going to look around. He did. But I'm a little surprised that, that Ethan jumped ship. I thought he'd probably, you know, be loyal to uh, the program. Um, but I did, too. You know, I did, too. Guys want to play. They want to play. And if they, if they want to go down to Fordham or somewhere else and play, that's the way they're going to play. Um, but Chris, three wins, you know, three wins that we could have won would have got us to eight wins there pretty quick. You know, Northwestern was the one we've been endlessly mm. talking about. And then you got Illinois, you eat that one out and you're at mm. seven and then Purdue, you know, and then your eight win team or this one, whatever, you yeah. pick one, you know, yeah. 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 And, and it's a whole uh, different conversation. It's a whole different conversation. You're easily in a bowl, and you might be in a warm weather one, and not in Detroit or wherever it is they're <laughs> going to end up. But like you said, it's the practices that count, and now you're going to be trying to bring in a new quarterback, 
probably won't be on campus for a while due to the transfer stuff, but I don't know how that works. Maybe they can just get on a yeah, plane. Yeah, he can come in for come. this semester. Yep, yeah. he could be here in January. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, the Christmas after the Christmas break. Yep, I suppose. Um, nonetheless, uh, the guy that they did offer, I thought, you know, he's a Division two or three kid. That's, you know, I think he's the highest rated passer or something in that. He's the FCS. FCS, yep. Didn't catch the name of him, but I think it. Yeah. Oh, Max, Max Brosmer. That's it. Brosmer. Sounds like a Midwestern kid to me. But hey, if he can fling it, you got guys that need the ball. Daniel Jackson, you know, uh, maybe That's Chris Amon Bell. Yeah, right. Chris Amon Bell back for his eighth right season. Um, That's what I'm most afraid of: is Daniel Jackson going to a pass-first offense? Yeah. And can you guys. blame him? Could you really no, blame him? You know? Not really. Not really. Nonetheless, I think there's a lot of talk going on in the program about offensive strategies, and then also the defensive breakdowns towards the end of the season. Um, it just kind of seems like a little more of a rocky uh, boat, so to say, over there. And uh, they need to keep rowing, I guess. Nonetheless, you know, they – I thought it was a down year, Chris. I really thought the talent wasn't what it had been. Um, and maybe that's a sign of not being able to replenish talent in the new scheme of things, which I guess we'll see play out. Um, but – some tough losses that you could have won, um, but in no stretch of the imagination. Let me repeat this. Fleck isn't going anywhere, everybody, uh, unless he chooses to. He's not going to be asked to leave. Uh, it, all this talk about you know, everybody wants to fire everybody all the time, Chris. It's the most amazing yeah. thing. Fire KLC. Fire everybody. Get rid of everybody. And Don't even think about the alternative. Okay, what are you going to do? Who's a coach out there that you want to replace right. him with? Who can recruit better than Fleck? Fleck. Corny as he may be, he's recruiting Big Ten athletes, which is something that a lot of coaches failed to do here for a very long time. Um, maybe not a whole, you know, class of all Big Ten athletes, but he's getting the ones he needs uh, to keep the program uh, efficient. Now, a new quarterback will help, I think. Um, hopefully he plays well enough to uh, fill out whatever offensive thing they're trying to do, but you know, quarterback's been a tough one to recruit here. I think, you yep. know, they had a couple guys and it just seems like they leave, they transfer and, and, and if they don't play, that's the thing. Yeah, there's so many things, Chris, with the new way. Even if they do play. Run, you know? Yeah. It's just, you got to keep guys happy or they take off and then you got to replace them. And it's just constant filling and replacing now, which is just, you know, that's got to be annoying, but that's, we're not paid to do that. We're just paid to see what gets on the field. And so, uh, you know, Flex not going anywhere. I'm I'm not upset about the program at all. It's one of those years. Uh, we'll see if it's a trend. But and if you would have yeah, won those yep. three games that you should have won, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Say another good year by Fleck. You know, it's too bad we lost to Wisconsin. We did beat Iowa. Um, so I'm still on the bright side of this, Chris. When we started this podcast, what six years ago, this program was just getting Fleck in, and you know we had no idea. And then we've watched this thing build and from year zero to year one to year two, and we've, we've, we've watched how it's slowly but incrementally built. And I got zero problem with what happened this season due to the last six years of watching get built. It's on steady, firm ground. I just, I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, I know the conference is going to change offensively. You're probably going to have to change defense. You got to figure that out, whether Rossi moves on or, or what you do, but you've got to figure that out because that's what costs you towards the end of the season. Yeah, you're right. There are some things. I think you, you put it well a couple of weeks ago about 
when you've done a scheme for so long, you got to tweak it. And, and, and he does have to tweak it. Now, we do put a lot of pressure on them, but that Illinois game, once again, we had a first down. We could have milked the clock, but the quarterback didn't have a, doesn't have a touch pass. So that's why we couldn't milk the clock and, and shut that thing down. But still, fourth and whatever the fuck it was, um, and three plays later, touchdown. So, yeah, you're right. I want Rossi to stay. Honestly, this type of year, it does help him to stay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but you're right. Little tweak here, slight adjustment there. Something's got to be tweaked. Um, like I said, I am a little afraid that we're going to get the Jackson, um, you know, tweet saying I'm gone. And, 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 you know, that'll improve his draft stock if he went to a pass-first offense. And you can't can't hate on the kid. He's been, you know, he's, he's got one year eligibility left. So what 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 are you gonna do, you know, um, you know, I, before we even were thinking about bringing in a vet or whatever, as far as being reported, I had this list down. Bringing a vet quarterback, you got to compete. Well, they didn't want to compete, so okay, fine, no problem. Um, stay the course, like you said, with the with the uh, you know passing offense. You want to get better at that, um, and I really think and also you know in this transfer portal world we have had a lot of success from the smaller fcs schools bringing guys in at corner at linebacker let's see if we can do it at quarterback and then i think folks when you have a down year you generally funny enough can have a better recruiting year because they think god we can get on the field right now it's the on paper okay it's the best class he's recruited on paper so do your best to keep that. You're going to lose some. You're going to gain some. But keep that intact for the most part for this year um, because it always is a development-type um, thing. And, you know, I mean, I think maybe we went overboard, like throwing 44 passes, you know, against Nebraska in a close game without establishing the run enough. But at some point, there is no excuse not to have a passing a uh, better passing offense because you already run the ball. It's set up to be able to get those little 30-yard pickups to the tight end and, and plays that should be pretty you know, open, not always wide open, and you have enough talent there to take it. Jax is probably like top five wide receiver right now in the Big Ten. I think he finished fourth in yards or something like that. So, yeah, stay the course there. Because it's really to, set yeah, up – I mean, it's really set up, and it has been for years. You just need a quarterback. Yeah. Like Tanner, you know, the offense is set up. Tanner was a good game manager. He was steady, poised, blah, 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 but wasn't the greatest passer, you know. Yeah. Um, and now Two you got big, Alec. all big 10 wide receivers helped a lot. Better. There you go. And now you got, you know, Daniel Jackson. You got a great run game. You need a, a guy that can throw the ball. You need a passer. You need a quarterback. It's always been the thing. And, yep. uh, and he hasn't been able to get a quarterback here. And hopefully, you know, this FCS kid will do it. Um, but he's got to get a guy that can throw the ball and, you know, allow guys like Jackson to flourish, Crooms to flourish, all these guys, and, and not have to, you know. You know, Tanner's thing was that the balls were everywhere, and, you know, the guys were expending all their energy catching the ball as opposed to, you know, making moves after the catch. And now, you know, Calic Manis is inconsistent in a lot of things, his poise, his, you know, his passing, everything. Better passer, yeah. I think, than, than – uh, yeah. Better arm, and, uh, right yeah. Than Morgan, but uh, not not where it needs to be. He needs to get a quarterback. That's really what the program's set up for. Let's look 
because, you know, everyone had down years, Wisconsin, Iowa, these teams that have to build their their program a certain way, they've all had these down years. So everybody calm down a little bit. Let's look at 24 and 25, and then we could start talking about maybe Flex not the right guy or something. If we go, you know, win for 6 and 6 next year and 7 and 5, you know, okay, then we could start saying, huh, we have this earmarked money. Maybe we could bring in an offensive guy. You know, whatever, an offensive mind who's going to play call, right? Maybe that's what we end up doing. You never know. You never know. But let 24, at least 24, but I'd say 24, 25 with the talent we have right now. Um, and some people are going to go. Some people are going to stay. That's just that's just what it is. But um, I think you got to let these next two years play out because this was basically his first retooling readjustment the way he says it uh rebuilding year and you're gonna have down years dude even like northwestern every four to five years they'll put together a team that's gonna win like nine to ten games dude and then they're gonna suck for a while then they go back up so we haven't made that major drop and like you said you know you broke it down nicely we, we this could be easy seven wins and pretty cleanly eight wins and, and if that's a down year with this schedule that's nowhere near as down. I think people just look at the stats of Mason. Do you understand the non-conference? <laughs> that Mason, First of all, you had four, not three. There's nine conference games, not eight now, okay? And time and time again, we get in that motherfucker 4-0 or 3-1, and not playing anybody, and then proceed to be 6-6 six and six or 7, about whatever. My point is we, we challenge ourselves to an extent under Fleck, in the non-conference, this year it was a tough schedule. It's not going to be tougher because the top two teams, Ohio State and Michigan, are the are the best two teams. So when you play those two, it's not USC right now is not going to be the best team coming in. Um, first of all, they got to get a defense. If you, I mean, Utah and other teams, Oregon State, other teams that literally run the ball and play great defense. Have been, you know, have been a nightmare for USC in the last 12 years, 14 years. So, you know, right now Oregon and Washington are the best two teams coming in, right as we speak. Um, but we know USC, when it's done right, is elite, can be elite. Uh, why don't you take us home, sir? Get the podcast anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Rope Dope Radio as a hub, and uh, Spricker dot com if you're so inclined uh we'll be definitely talking some rants next week in the bye week uh show and just kind of getting the feel for like their last five games of the season and and, and what we thought of the first ones and, and where we're going and maybe talk a little bit of off-season stuff as well but uh, we will see you next week i believe there's no games so we'll have a monday show Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.